The sports scene is becoming quieter with each summer day here in Morgantown, but how are some former Mountaineers doing at the next level? Welcome back to the Gold and Blue Nation podcast brought to you by Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers, your WVLawfirm.com. Kevin Redfern and Ryan Decker here in the Morgantown studios. And while the WVU baseball season is over, a couple former Mountaineers are still shining on the diamond. Perhaps none more than former outfielder and speedster Victor Scott. Victor Scott doing incredibly well, Kevin. I mean, 45 steals as we talked to him on Friday. Uh, the second most prolific base stealer in all of professional baseball right now. Incredible what Victor's doing. And the bat is catching up as well. It seems to be at that minor league level in Peoria. Victor Scott, very happy to speak with us and share his progress over the last year or so in Peoria. Yeah, definitely was happy to speak with us. He's been getting inundated right now with a ton of interview requests because of his steals numbers, but definitely made time for his Golden Blue Nation family. He was even repping a WVU polo when I spoke with him, which was great. And really, we, we talked about a couple of things, hit on a couple of themes, but the biggest thing that probably stood out, uh, aside from his steals and his ability to steal bases, was the insight that he had on the MLB Draft Combine, which is coming up uh, this coming week. And, and a couple Mountaineers or guys with Mountaineer ties are going to to be uh, attending. That insight was really interesting, especially given that's coming up right now. So uh, without any further ado, here's that conversation with Victor Scott. Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers. Unexpected hurdle? Pritt and Spano. Unseen circumstance? Pritt and Spano. Personal injury, criminal law, flash wills, family law. You need a firm that will be with you through it all. Pritt and Spano. Their passionate team will employ their resources and unique perspectives to deliver the most effective representation. When you find yourself in need, turn to those who will fight for you. Pritt and Spano. West Virginia's lawyers. Find them at yourwvlawfirm.com. Joining us here on the Gold and Blue Nation podcast is the former center fielder of the West Virginia Mountaineers, now the current outfielder and one of the best base dealers in all of pro baseball. He's Victor Scott the second. Vic, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to the Gold and Blue Nation podcast. No problem. Thank you for having me. So, Vic, we got to start there. What's it like being arguably the best base dealer in all of professional baseball right now? Um, it's definitely a, a pretty cool title to have. You know, considering I just just came out of college a year ago or not even. But um, it's definitely a cool title to have. Definitely blessed to have that title. Um, but there's still more to more work to be done. So can't necessarily say I'm the best right now because there's definitely somebody ahead of me. So, Well, as we talk to you today, he's only got a two-steal lead ahead of you, or a lead on you, I guess I should say. So, I mean, you're right there, neck and neck with him. But, I mean, what's that been like here getting started in this season? I know we're in June at this point, but still, you know, getting to the midway point in this season, 45 bags you've stolen so far this year. I mean, just an impressive start you've gotten off to this season. Yeah, it's just – um trying to have like uh, decent weeks every week. So um, I don't necessarily try to be the player of the week every week or, or try to be the best, the super best version of myself. Ultimately that's what you want to achieve, but that's not kind of reality. So every week I go out there and just try to compete at the best of my ability. And if, if I can have a decent week every week, then that means I'm doing, I'm doing all right for myself. So well, you had a lot of decent weeks last year with WVU. You're having a ton of decent weeks this year with Peoria in the minor league system there with the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, I, I'm curious. Obviously, you stole a ton of bags last year, set the program record for stolen bases, got off to a great start once you got drafted last year, and you've just continued that in that category this spring. 
how is it that you're able to continue to steal bases at such a high, a high rate? What, what is it that maybe you do that allows you to have that success in that category? Um, I would say it's just kind of learning the game more. You know, as you're in college, you're still kind of developing and trying to figure out, like, kind of what your game is and, and how to how to play your game at a, at a high level. Coach Maisie, Coach Savings, Coach uh, Jagar, they all kind of help me with that. Like, kind of just learning, like, the fundamental – and like that ground-based knowledge. And then of course, as I got to pro ball, it kind of kept building up as like a, as you would building a, um, like a strong foundation or a strong like structure or something. So um, all that kind of just pieces together and build something pretty cool. Um, so as I got to pro ball, just kind of like learning of the situations of when to steal, and then also doing your homework on the pitchers, um, trying to note their, their tendencies they're kind of already have like in mind their their um, pitch times and and like what the pitch with the catchers like and kind of like that thing. So just more in depth of, of learning learning the game. I'm sure you've been asked this a hundred times now at this point, but is there someone who either used to play the game, is currently playing the game that you really look at as far as a base stealer and model maybe that part of your game after? Um, I would say either Starling Marte or Billy Hamilton. Kind of like those guys. Those guys are absolute burners. So as like I was growing up watching them play um, and kind of noticed I had that gift of speed as well, I, I kind of tried to implement what they do on the bases into like my game now. The stolen bases are great, obviously. You, you're certainly reaping the benefits of all those stolen bases that, that guys like Starlin Marte and Billy Hamilton used to do. But you're also hitting for a high average, too. You're just under 300 right now. Tell me what you're seeing at the plate, how you're getting it done at the plate, which then allows you to get on base and steal all those bases. Um, it's basically just uh, noting like your approach and kind of being that leadoff guy. So I'm not necessarily trying to do too much. I'm just trying to get on base for – for the people behind me, for, for those higher or could be like high pop guys in the lineup, middle of the order guys. So my job is just to, if I can get on base, get a single or something, and then steal second, then possibly I'm in scoring, well, not possibly, but I'm in scoring position at that point. So if they were to hit a, a single or hit anything to the outfield to get me to third, or like I said, a single, then I could score off of that. So it's just trying to put myself in the best position to to score for those guys. We've got Victor Scott here with us on the Golden Blue Nation podcast. Victor, part of the St. Louis Cardinals minor league system, playing in Peoria right now, and he's been getting inundated with a ton of interview requests just like this one because of his high number of stolen bases. So, Victor, i got to ask you this. What's the question that you've been asked the most often here over the last, I don't know, two weeks or so as these interview requests have been coming in? And then what's the question you haven't gotten yet that maybe you should have gotten so far? Um, so one question I would definitely say I've, I've gotten a lot is like, how am I stealing so many bases? So, I mean, which is a, is a pretty, is a pretty, it's a good question. I mean, cause there's a lot that goes behind that, but, um, it's definitely a question I've gotten often. A question that I haven't necessarily gotten is, um, because I guess stolen bases has been highlighted so much is about, um, I guess like the offensive side, like hitting. I haven't necessarily gotten like too many questions about that, but um, like no, nah, I'm not gonna say obviously, but like the the production's there at the plate, so that's the only reason why I'm able to get get so many bags because I'm I'm on base essentially. And I'm assuming too that w- with your natural speed, the hitting side of thing is probably the the aspect that you have to work on the most 
I'm assuming, right? Because the you know, part of stealing bases is just that that God-given ability of the speed that you have. But the hitting aspect of it, I'm sure you you probably work at that the most. I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, hitting hitting is definitely like one of the hardest hardest parts of the game. So if you're not always continually trying to get better at hitting, then I guess the game the game is going to pass you in, in some form or fashion. So kind of like learning who you are, and and when you get to like the pro level. They hook you up to a lot of like monitors and, and different things to try to assess like how your body specifically moves, like in like small increments of like little windows. So um, knowing that information definitely helps highlight like your, your strengths as well as your weaknesses. So um, once you kind of know your weaknesses, you can kind of devise a plan in order to to make those weaknesses more so strengths. Um, is which is what we did during the offseason um, in the Cardinals organization through like mini camps and whatnot. So kind of like learning, learning more of who I was in that in that aspect definitely helped me kind of devise a, a better plan at the plate and be more successful there. You talk about learning about yourself and learning those little things that you can do to kind of take you to that next level. Jumping from level to level, as you have here over the last six, seven, eight months or so, you know, going from WVU, then to the minor leagues, then raising up in the minor leagues. Talk about the adjustment of going from all of those levels to, to being to where you are now. Um, I would say it's just kind of game, game refinement. So you have to know essentially what you're good at and like know what your strength is. Because if you be, if you start to try to play to, like I guess like a weakness, like my weakness I guess would be would be strength, like with the with the bat. So like pop with the bat, I have pop with the bat, but that's not necessarily like the game I'm trying to play. So if I went to say I came from WVU and then went straight to pro ball trying to hit home runs, then I probably wouldn't have as much success because that's not necessarily the gameplay or the style of play that I'm trying to generate. So. I guess it would just be knowing knowing who you are as a player, level to level. And then as you kind of refine who you are, then you could take that to each level and begin to to showcase your abilities at each level as you go up. You mentioned being able to showcase your abilities. I want to take you back to the before the season got started, you had the opportunity to go to St. Louis Cardinals spring training and be with the team in that aspect. Talk about that opportunity to, to show the big league club what you can do and I guess to a degree maybe prove to them that they were correct in drafting you. To take us through that opportunity, what was the spring training opportunity like for you? Man, the spring training atmosphere was it was it was crazy. I mean it's like to to kinda amount it to something. It's like being like in front of like a whole bunch of fans at West Virginia. Like I guess the the West Virginia game that we played against uh Pitt, it was a lot of it was a lot of fans there. So it's kind of like the same thing, but it's like to a higher degree, essentially. So it's just kind of having like that same mindset, like whatever work that you've done in the offseason or whatever work that you've put in beforehand, either at your college or at your high school till that pro ball moment. It's kind of like you all you just kind of have to lay it on the line and just show to show everyone what you have, because they bring you up there for a reason, which is to showcase your abilities to like the rest of the organization. So um, once you have like that opportunity, it's definitely can't can't thank anyone else but God because it's a it's definitely a great opportunity to have. Especially, I mean, either if you do well or you don't, it's just a, a great opportunity to be in front of the um, the big league staff and and kind of get your your face familiarized in their eyes. So. 
I'm curious, how did you find out you were going to be invited and going to spring training? And then once you got there, who was maybe one guy within the Cardinals system or likely within the Cardinals big league club that you, you might have been standing beside and you're like, oh, I'm standing beside him? Um, when I got so kind of like getting the getting the call, like or not the call, but it was like a text message to say like that you're going with the big league club for that day it was like kind of like tingly feeling almost like kind of surreal because you're, you were once just a college kid um, playing or in my, in my position, but um, kind of, I was just a college kid playing in center field on the, on the West Virginia logo. And then now it's kind of like, I'm not going to say like, it wasn't the real deal back then, but now this is, this is like really, really real. So um, kind of getting that Texas is almost like get that surreal feeling. But um kind of going into like that day or when you walk onto the field and there's like a lot of like the Cardinals fans there um, and being in the dugout next to like either Goldschmidt or Arenado or people like or players like Newt Barr, especially after his world baseball classic stardom, I guess you could say it was, uh, was pretty cool. But one person who I always picked the brain of was uh, Willie McGee. So I would stand there. Um, he stood on the top step when uh, the Cardinals were on defense and I would stand right next to him and just sit there and talk to him for like the whole game. I'm pretty sure he probably got tired of me at one point because I was always asking him questions. Because of course he's a he's a great he was a great player and um, played the same position as I did. He switched it, so it's like a lot of a lot of attributes that I have in my game he had in his game. So if I could try to pick the brain of him as much as I could, I was I was I was right there on that step, kind of talking to him. So. What was your biggest takeaway then from any of those conversations that you had with Willie McGee? Um, he talked to me a lot about like knowing the game a little bit more because I, I know like before I was like a little a little raw in the aspect of like I just wanted to run and just be on the bases. But he kind of hinted, hinted to it as like a leadoff guy, which he which he also was. Um, your job is to is to get the scoring position and make the three hole, two hole four hole hitters job just a little bit easier because with them knowing that now you're in scoring position. If they hit a ball in the outfield, as I said previously, it's almost like it's an RBI attempt for them. So um, we talked a lot about that. We talked a lot about um, T work too. Um, He was like real religious to the T I'm religious to the T. So it's just like kind of like cementing your swing, um, hitting off the T so you can almost swing as hard as you can and essentially not come off of the baseball. So we talked a lot about that, a lot about outfield, um, kind of like reading swings, which is which is big in today's game. So definitely picking his brain about a lot of that stuff was was super cool and, and is helping me now. So we've got Victor Scott here with us on the Golden Blue Nation podcast. Victor, last summer you had the chance to go to the MLB Draft Combine before you got selected by the Cardinals. You had that opportunity this year. Your boy Carlson Reed has that opportunity. Uh, if you were to speak with him, I know it's different positions, obviously, that you guys play. But if you were to speak to him, what would be the biggest piece of advice you would give to Carlson before he heads down to Phoenix to participate in the MLB Draft Combine? Um, I would just say. I would just say be himself. I actually talked to him about two weeks, about about two weeks ago, about um about the combine and the experience, just to kind of put him on notice of some things. But um, I'll just say be be himself because when you get in those interviews, sometimes it can be uh, it's it could be like a lot of pressure because a lot of like the front office staff of the teams that you're having interviews with is is who's interviewing you. So it's almost just like a a really really serious job interview. 
at that point. So um, I just told him like to be himself and to remain remain humble through the whole process because not a lot of not a lot of people get to have the same opportunity. Um, and in position of like the the testing that they put you through, because I mean, of course they they put you through testing so different teams can necessarily see if you're healthy or not. Um, and they can see like reaction times. Of course, you do like wingspan, height, weight, all that good stuff, like range of motion of different um, body parts, like arms, limbs. So just kind of put him on notice of those things is, is a lot um, of like what I spoke to him about and like how to kind of go about that. Um, and just kind of just be yourself and have fun. It's definitely a cool experience and you should definitely take it all in because not a lot of, like I said, not a lot of people in the world get to have that same opportunity he, he is, um, you know, embarking upon. So, I'm curious, when you were there last year at the Combine, how much did your base-stealing abilities come up? And, and I'm guessing, too, when you spoke with the Cardinals, if you did speak with them there, uh, you know, the Cardinals, they're a traditional organization. They like guys who can do what you do. How much did that come up in your conversations with them? So, actually, I didn't even meet with the Cardinals. <laughs> so, when they, when they drafted me, um, it was kind of a surprise. I thought I was going to be a, a royal at first, but but that wasn't that wasn't the case. So um, definitely wearing red with the bird on, on, on with the bird on the bat on my shirt. So, um, but like in those meetings, it came up a lot. Like you you almost have to like kind of talk about your gameplay to like the different teams. So like what you bring to the table. So if um, so say if I'm a if I'm a power guy just for just for reference. If I'm a power guy, I should be talking about how to drive the ball in the gaps and, and getting RBIs um, because that is essentially like what your role is. But me as a speed guy, a lot I talked about was just because um, I batted three hole at West Virginia my, my my last year, my junior year. So a lot of what I talked about is just kind of implementing myself into like more of like a one a one hole, like a leadoff spot or like even a nine hole, which is also a leadoff spot to get that lineup turned over. But um, I talked a lot about that and how to how I'm going to implement my speed at the next level. Rather that be getting myself in a scoring position or on defense making making pretty cool plays. So um, or even bunting the ball and using my speed to to get to first as for a single. So that's like a lot a lot of the things I kind of preached upon and and kind of portrayed myself to be. Some good info there. That's some really good insight into what the combine process is like, and especially with the combine at the MLB side of things being pretty new. That's some great insight there. Definitely appreciate that. Vic, last year, uh, 2022, you and the Mountaineers, you, you all just barely missed out on making the NCAA tournament. This year, your boys went on that crazy run, 40 wins this season. They make the NCAA tournament. Did you see this kind of season like the one they had this year? Did you see that coming at all last year when, when you're kind of exiting the program and you see what talent is left behind? Yeah, I definitely I definitely did. I knew that they were going to be led by probably one of the greatest West Virginia leaders of, of all time, which is which is Tevin. So um, I knew that they were going to have a, a crazy run this year and not necessarily like knowing how people were going to perform, but I knew they were going to do well. I mean, of course, because Maisie and, and Saves, they all kind of, they they have great instruction and great a uh, great plan to like the process, but you kind of just need like those those leaders at that point to to kind of I'm not gonna say like police the environment, but that's essentially like what it is. Kind of like you have a, a four or five, three or four leaders to to really support the rest of the cast and bring them along. 
then you create like a winning, a winning environment and a winning culture, which is essentially what, what Tev did, what JJ did, what Dane did, um, Noah Short, Carlson, all those guys kind of took upon that role to bring everyone else along because they had those, those people who came back kind of had like that chip on their shoulder. And that's how they kind of operated, at least through I saw like through social media and, and of course talking with like Tuck and Carlson. Um, they kind of had that chip on the shoulder to to keep going, to keep striving, and to keep pushing the rest of the team for for wins, for greatness, essentially. You mentioned the next guy I was going to talk to you about, J.J. Weatherholt. Did you see this type of season coming from J.J. Weatherholt last year? Um, yeah. Yeah, I would definitely – I didn't see this this kind of season's coming, but I definitely saw saw him doing being, – being extremely productive for, for the West Virginia offense as well as his defense. Um, but as I told – I believe I told uh, Carlson this and, and tucked this in like a few conversations in the fall, I was like – they were saying like he's hard. He's like the hardest person to get out ever, and I was like, man, he's he's basically unconscious. When you when you're unconscious at the plate and everything for you goes right for that long, at that point you're just a great hitter. So like as a pitcher, I was just 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 intentionally walking him possibly, but um, that's just me being facetious. But um, he, he's definitely a great hitter. Has is is definitely came into his own stardom essentially. So what he's done is yeah, I definitely have to give him a round of applause, man, because it's it's super fun to watch, especially from the outside in. So I'm happy for him. I'm happy for his success. I'm definitely glad he's on this on this road to becoming a, a first rounder next year. Um because that's super, super special for him. So yeah. And you mentioned the possibility of intentionally walking him. We were all wondering when are teams going to start intentionally walking JJ. They did it once or twice, but it was really rare. I mean, guys just kept pitching to him, and you know, standing there on the sidelines or up on the concourse, we were like, okay, pitch to him, sure, go for it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's a <laughs> like I said, he's unconscious, so it's kind of hard to hard to throw to somebody that's hitting almost essentially every pitch that you're throwing within that, within that, that imaginary, imaginary strike zone. So when, when, like I said, when, when things go right for you at the plate, they're just going right. So they never, and they never seem to go wrong, I guess, for him at the plate. So he, um, he's definitely, definitely grown to be a super, a superstar at West Virginia. He's going to be a superstar when he uh, kind of finishes his career through there and gets to the professional baseball. We've got Victor Scott here on the Golden Blue Nation podcast. Victor is uh, killing it with Peoria there in the Cardinals minor league system. 45 steals so far for him this season. Vic, uh, sticking with WVU, we, we talked about this a little bit, and you kind of mentioned the leaders that West Virginia has had in the clubhouse here over the last couple of years, as long as you've been associated with the program. But in your eyes, what is it that Randy Mazie and his coaching staff have done to bring the program to where it is now? versus maybe where this program was 10 years ago when they were just entering the Big 12 and people were kind of wondering, how is WVU going to survive in this league? Now they've got a Big 12 championship trophy in the trophy case. Right, right. Um, I would say it amounts to, like, the the recruitment of the players. So, like, how um, Coach Sabes gets after it, um, Jagar, Mark Ginther, they all get after it with recruiting players and recruiting those those kind of, like, those gyms almost. Um because essentially, like I know, at least from my point of view, I was like an overlooked player. I didn't necessarily have a whole bunch of offers, but I had a lot to bring to the table. So they gave me opportunity, which I'm definitely thankful for. But um, they gave me opportunity to to come in and earn a spot, essentially. 
um, and kind of fulfill like that leadership role. So with them like doing that, I know for certainly they're they're also recruiting like other players who kind of had like the same the same story as I did. Um, those kind of under undervalued, I guess you could say, players, and then they they come in and become become someone with their leadership and their guidance and their coaching, and then they become. Uh, I'm not going to say I'm a great player, but I'm definitely becoming a, a great player. So they definitely they get those type of players, and then they kind of mold them into into great players, good players, essentially. So, yeah. Well said. You were a great player here at WVU. You're becoming a great player there within the Cardinal system. Um, You mentioned the recruiting side of things. I was actually just talking with Jackson Wolf, and one of the things that he kind of mentioned, something I've kind of been – I guess stumbling upon or have been noticing is that WVU and especially Steve Saban's leading the way, they get on guys early before maybe some of the other big programs can really figure out how good a guy like you is, like JJ is. Um, and they, West Virginia gets on those guys early. How important is that for you all as recruits to have WVU kind of knocking at your door early in the recruiting process and staying with you throughout that process? I knew it was a pretty cool, I thought it was a pretty cool experience. Um, to kind of, I always told myself that I wanted to go to like a power five school. And then when that offer came along, I like looked into it and looked into West Virginia to see like what their campus and like what their educational, um, I guess, curriculums offered. Um, and then of course, like the, the baseball side, which was, of course you're a student athlete, but like, if you're, if you're really soul set on baseball, then you're almost kind of like an athlete student but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, um, it's definitely a pretty cool, a pretty cool thing to to kind of see how they recruit players and and get players that they ha- have like almost that competitive edge with them. So it all kind of once they grow and develop and and understand the game more, then they kind of they begin to win championships. They begin to kind of have their name more known throughout the whole baseball world. And that's why they came home with the with the Big 12 share title this year. So, yeah. Wrapping up here with Victor Scott on the Golden Blue Nation podcast. You played three seasons at West Virginia Vic. Certainly entered your name into the record books with the steals and what else you you did here with WVU. How would you characterize your time with the Mountaineers? What most sticks out to you when you think back on your, your tenure here at WVU? Um, I would say, if I had one word to describe it, I would say it was exciting. Um, definitely a a great opportunity I had to play at West Virginia. I had to to grow my game in, in center field and grow my game grow my game at the plate. Um, it was it was exciting. Just kind of meeting new faces and seeing new different people and, and kind of learning their stories and their backgrounds. Playing ping pong with different people um, was super cool. Um, the whole dorm experience was was awesome. Just kind of not necessarily being in like those smaller beds, but um, just kind of like seeing new people, seeing different people and kind of that whole experience on the field wise, just being able to talk like with Sabes about outfield, outfield drills or how this works and how it translates into the game definitely helped me and grow my game in the outfield and kind of what I pass along to other other young, younger players like in my area or or even like in the West Virginia area now um, with with hitting. I know. Mays has he's definitely helped me a lot with with kind of like knowing to shorten up at the plate when you're when you may seem to be scuffling 
um, to to kind of get back to where you are. He helped me with that a lot. He helped me with the bunt game a lot. Um, but just it was just always I, I never had like a dull time or like a, a bad time necessarily at West Virginia. It was always lighthearted and it was fun for me and it was exciting um, kind of getting going to practice every day and and growing my game in, in a sense and growing as a team and growing as a as a man, essentially. So it was definitely um, pretty cool in that aspect. But yeah. Well, he's a WVU guy through and through. If you're listening on the podcast, he's got a WVU polo on right now. So he's a West Virginia guy, that's for sure. Vic, always appreciate the time. It's great hearing from you. And best of luck the rest of the season in Peoria. Thank you. Thank you. Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers. Unexpected hurdle? Pritt and Spano. Unseen circumstance? Pritt and Spano. Personal injury, criminal law, flash wills, family law. You need a firm that will be with you through it all. Pritt and Spano. Their passionate team will employ their resources and unique perspectives to deliver the most effective representation. When you find yourself in need, turn to those who will fight for you. Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers. Find them at yourwvlawfirm.com. A lot to unpack there with the former Mountaineer Victor Scott, but Ryan, what did you find most significant about that conversation? So before the interview started, I mentioned the, the insight that he brought about the MLB Draft Combine. I thought was really interesting. Of course, if you listen to the interview, the theme that we kept hitting on was the steals and the number of steals he has this season. He had program record number last year at WVU. He's doing an incredible amount of base stealing this year with Peoria, the Chiefs there, and, and the minor league system of the Cardinals. But the reoccurring theme to me and I know you picked up on this as well, was that in, in Victor's mind, you know, steals are really cool, but you can't steal bases if you're not on base. Hitting is just as important to him, if not more important to him, than actually stealing bases is. Absolutely, and he succeeded at le that level. I mean, his numbers are that of someone who will be continue to progress through a minor league and major league organization. Uh, but what I found most interesting is, I mean, he's a little bit removed from the Mountaine Mountaineers team uh, now, but seems like he really kept in touch with those guys this year on a very successful team, particularly Tevin Tucker. He had a lot to say about the leadership there. So still a true Mountaineer at heart. Uh, had a lot of good things to say about Randy Maisie, and he, just like a lot of people here, are confident in where the program is going. Yeah, Victor you know, came in at a really interesting time at WVU. He was in between some of these regional runs. It's unfortunate he didn't get to really experience that here at WVU, but man, Victor Scott was such a great player here at WVU. He's becoming a great player as he didn't really want to acknowledge that, which I thought was funny. Victor didn't want to acknowledge that. He's a very humble guy, but I, I told him straight up, I mean, you're becoming a great player within the minor leagues and certainly in an organization like St. Louis uh, that really values players that can do a little bit of everything. And it's kind of an old school mentality still or a traditional mentality with the Cardinals. Uh, Victor Scott definitely fits right in, I think, in what that organization likes to do. Yeah, absolutely. You're right on the head there. The humility stood out um, and he won't, he won't be the first to talk about maybe where his goals are in a timeline or stuff like that but I know and you know we'll all be watching as he hopefully progresses up through that St. Louis Cardinal system. You can stay up to date on all things Mountaineers at our website goldenbluenation.com and on the always free Golden Blue Nation app available for download for Apple and Android devices. Listeners can also find past episodes of the GBN podcast on Spotify, Apple, and Amazon Music and pretty much wherever else you get your podcasts. For Ryan Decker, I'm Kevin Redfern. This has been the Golden Blue Nation podcast brought to you by Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers, your wvlawfirm.com. We'll see you next time.